What is up? It is a mid-January edition of the Splash Tag Podcast. Uh, today, I'm actually not going to be speaking too much, but uh, I have two former guests on uh, in Sid and Wilson, and they're going to talk a lot about uh, what's what's been up with the NFL with regards to you know what happened this past weekend with the wild card, as well as previewing the coming games uh, this Saturday and Sunday. So um, without further ado, I'm now joined by Sid and Wilson, who are now going to take it away um, talking all things football. Awesome, man. Thank you, Matt. I uh, appreciate you having us here as always. And yeah, what what an exciting weekend of football. We we just had six games in two days. Uh, that was uh that was thrilling. But uh so Wilson, what's uh what was what jumped out at you uh, to you from this past weekend's game in terms of like what, what surprised you the most uh as far as the outcomes go? I think myself and pretty much every other football fan definitely did not expect the Cleveland Browns to smack around the Steelers like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know your thoughts on that one, but to take a 28-point lead and then to carry it on, I know the Steelers crept up close, but that was definitely one of the most surprising games of all the uh, wildcard games that happened. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I definitely didn't expect the the avalanche that – that Cleveland jumped out to at the beginning. It, it definitely seemed like uh, Pittsburgh was a bit confounded. They also uh, imploded themselves uh, with a uh, bad snap at the beginning and a couple of interceptions that Roethlisberger threw. And, but Cleveland was just rolling, and I, I thought it was going to be a good game. I knew that uh, the Browns were not the same old Browns that, you know, Guys like Juju Smith-Schuster were trying; they were trying to uh, make that statement about the Browns, but they they were a pretty solid team. A very, honestly, the best uh, running back tandem in, in the league. Um, Baker Mayfield is playing a lot better, so I did expect the Browns to put up a fight, and I honestly did um, think it was going to be a shootout. But but of course, like for them to jump out of that big of a lead was was very surprising and it didn't I, I I expected Pittsburgh to make somewhat of a, a rally but I I felt that it was just too much to overcome so even in the second half I know they cut it to about 12 points but it just seemed like it was just too much they they dug themselves too much a hole so yeah um I was definitely uh, surprised that it uh, it unfolded that way I thought it would be one of those come it comes down to the last possession type thing but um, oh yeah big ben was was arguably the worst and best player on that field he might have <laughs> been the worst player on that field in the first half and the best player on that field in the second half it was it was nuts yeah um, yeah for for real I don't, I don't think yeah i don't think anyone expected the browns to put up 48 points on the pittsburgh defense though it was a you know top two defense in the league that's true um yeah you, you have uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb just slicing up that defense and it seemed like they were just the blocks were executing even though the Browns had like a makeshift O-line set up it, mm-hmm. was, it was crazy how, how they execute like that yeah and the so, head coach was out too with COVID he had to pretty much watch the game in his own basement so oh yeah uh, mm-hmm. yeah it was they had the special teams coaches case. yep and it just seems like the Steelers couldn't really come back from that bad snap like you said in the beginning they did have a a fourth and one that I thought was interesting. 
Um, they had a fourth and one on their own 46 when it was uh, 35 to 23. So they scored in what had been a one possession game. And mm-hmm. for some reason, Mike Tomlin, with all the momentum rolling, that was after they scored a couple of times, all that momentum, Mike Tomlin decided to just cut it off and to punt, which I, I don't agree with. And I feel like a lot of other people don't agree with. It's arguably the safest move because you're in your own side, but still with all that momentum and going on fourth down before, I feel like if they made that fourth down and kept powering through, there was a chance to have that miraculous comeback that they kind of had that, with the Colts a game before. That's true, yeah, and I, I they, that would have really put the pressure on Cleveland because you definitely felt the change in momentum and thought, yeah, Cleveland has to get something going, and it pretty much felt like as soon as they like decided to punt and not go for it, Cleveland just regained their confidence and started rolling again, so... Yeah, I can't can't disagree. Um, mm-hmm. I thought another su- surprising, at least for me, was the Rams uh, winning on the road against the Seahawks. Uh, I just thought that uh, you know Russell Wilson at home, he would he would pull it out, and the Seahawks would they would win one of those classic sixteen to thirteen type games. But the Rams definitely they they came in and their defense balled out, and they got that pick six, and they never really looked back. So, uh, yeah, that, that was another surprise for me. Oh, yeah. Being here in Seattle, I can tell you that people are pissed. People <laughs> are very, very pissed because they did not expect the team that was so high in the, in the first half of the season to just fall off in the wild card round, especially to Jared Goff, who had surgery back at that game 12 days ago on his thumb, and he was still throwing, which is, you know, props to him. It was impressive. Right. But – for uh, we all know the Rams D is elite. We do. They have they have Jalen Ramsey covering DK Metcalf the whole time, and he did a pretty good job. They have a, a D line that's amazing. They fly around, they tackle hard, and they tackle well. But I don't think anyone expected them to bottle up Russell Wilson like that. He got sacked so much and was pressured so much, and it seemed that because of all that pressure in his face, he was very put off with his throws sometimes. Um, they also really didn't commit to the run too much. Um, because of that great D-line that the Rams had. Um, so I think the Rams honestly beat them on defense for sure. Their offense was sputtering a little bit, but their defense stepped up because, you know, defense wins championships. <laughs> and they they handled the Seahawks, um, who actually just fired their offensive coordinator. Oh, wow. So just, yeah, which is interesting. Uh, I personally thought the Seahawks had pretty stale play, play calling, in my opinion. They, they seem to run the same plays. They seem to have guys in the same spots, the same guys in the slot, not moving around too much. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Sean McVay is a great coach, um, and he definitely outcoached Pete Carroll on that one. Right, yeah. yeah you're definitely right. The, uh, the, the Seahawks, they just, they just looked very fl- flat on offense and – um, they they just they never recovered from the pick six, and uh, yeah, um, I think the Rams they they do have the number one scoring defense, so that is something I guess we should have seen coming. But yeah, just the whole storyline of Jared Goff's thumb and um, the Seahawks did beat the Rams a few weeks ago in Seattle, so I felt it was going to be a similar uh, type game. But uh, yeah, props to the Rams for for uh, stepping up and, and that defense definitely uh, wreaked havoc. So uh, I do, I, I am looking forward to their game against the Packers. I, I think it, it's 
one one of the more underrated matchups since it's the number one scoring offense versus number one scoring defense. And I think um, with Aaron Donald and that defensive line, they're one of the few units that can really uh, actually bother Aaron Rodgers. So I'm really excited to uh, like witness the how that matchup unfolds, that chess match essentially. Oh yeah. Aaron Rodgers is an amazing quarterback, and I think everyone knows that. Um, right. And that will be – it's great offense versus great defense. So, yeah. that'll definitely, definitely be a game to watch. Um, I'll say the Packers' defense have really picked up in the past – in the last few games of the season. I know everyone was um, giving them a lot of crap because people were just plowing through their, their defense back in the early – in the early parts of the season, but the last couple of games, um, their defense really held it down. Um, they, they held the Titans. I thought that was interesting. Like uh, week 16, they held the Titans to 14 points. I know it was snowy, but to hold Derrick Henry and Tannehill to 14 points is something. So I think the Packers defense is starting to click a lot. So I think they'll perform better than expected. I also think for the Rams to make it competitive, uh, they can't just rely on their defense to cause turnovers because Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw a lot of picks and they don't make a lot of mistakes. They play really clean football. So I think the Rams do need to step up a lot on offense and we'll see how Jared Goff's thumb is, but there's got to be a lot more throwing in this game because I don't think they can run, rely on the run game fully for that game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> I think they're they're definitely going to have to play, play a clean game and um, you, you certainly don't want to turn the ball over and give Aaron Rodgers a, a short field so that'll also be uh, interesting and and like you said with Jared Goff's thumb and and just the fact that the Rams uh, they they play in LA in that uh, nice sunshine weather and they're gonna have to go travel and play in the in the frigid Lambeau field so that'll that'll also be a factor but yeah that I think it you know Sean McVay's a great coach and the the Rams offense they um They've surprised. They've definitely um, won some some big games in the past. So, uh, you know, two years ago. So, yeah, the, I, I think it will be a, a better game than than anticipated. Um, but I, I'm certainly looking forward to. Uh, I think I think the most uh, thrilling matchup of them all is uh, the Ravens versus the the Bills. Just just two very uh, um, exciting young quarterbacks and um, both. Pitt got huge playoff wins in wild card weekend. The Ravens, Lamar Jackson finally got his first playoff win. He broke through and they they got revenge on the Titans from last year. And then, of course, for Buffalo, they also had a very disappointing loss last year in the playoffs against Houston. And so Josh Allen also getting his first playoff win. And um, both teams have, uh, like the Ravens are definitely hot. They they started rolling in December, and, and Buffalo also started rolling. They they had a, they got a big win against Pittsburgh in December, and then they climbed their way to the, the number two seed. So uh, I think this that will be uh, the most fun matchup to watch this weekend. What do you think? Oh, I totally agree with you. Sid, who do you have winning in that one, the Ravens or the Bills? I'm going to go uh, Baltimore. Oh. I. Yeah, I, I, I do. I love Josh Allen. I, I love Buffalo, but I, I do think their, their defense has been a little, little shaky at times. And, um, and I think, you know, as great as Josh Allen is, there, 
I, I do so – he can be a bit turnover prone, and I just think that if he – I anticipate a key turnover by – the Baltimore Ravens defense is, is a very – they're a very solid unit. And I could see um, there, there being a couple key takeaways that uh, lead to uh, a shift in momentum and the Ravens really uh, um, making a statement in, in, in this uh, round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. What, what I'm thinking? actually on the yeah. I'm on the other side actually. I think the Bills are going to win, but I was okay. a lot. I I thought about that a lot, and I think I was more comfortable with them winning, and I thought they're going to win a lot more. But then I saw how the Ravens played against the Titans, and I was like, oh, it's going to be a lot closer now. But I still think the Bills are going to bust it out. Yes, Lamar is dynamic. Lamar is an amazing runner. He had like long touchdown run against the uh, Titans. The only issue is he his throwing ability is a little iffy, I think. He sure. he does have some great throws sometimes, especially on the on the move when he boots out. He has some great throws, great accurate throws, but sometimes he makes some really questionable decisions like his one interception against the Titans where um he he threw on the wrong side and then the Titans corner picked it off. Right, right. So so Lamar, I think, is a weaker thrower than Josh Allen is on, on that side, except the Baltimore Ravens offense is ruthless. They pound the ball. They, they have the most yards run out of any single team. So I think it's a big task for the Buffalo Bills that have picked up on defense a bit, and they have some really great corners and secondary players, which will make the passing game a little bit harder. Sure. Um, I think Josh Allen stepped up huge in the Colts game where the first half they didn't do very much, but the second half he was running, he was throwing well, he was throwing accurate passes. I think that for the Bills to win, Josh Allen basically needs to play at an at a MVP caliber level, throwing great passes to Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, whoever else he has on there uh, to win because the Bills have absolutely no run game whatsoever. So I think it's an interesting matchup on the side of two pretty good defenses with the Ravens being run heavy and little passing game and the Bills being very, very pass heavy and little running game. Yeah, that's so true. And I mean, I I, actually, I do agree that if, if Josh Allen plays lights out MVP form, they, they'll win the game. And if it comes down to the final possession in which one of these quarterbacks is going to have to lead their team to uh, on a, on a game winning drive, uh, I would trust Josh Allen more than Lamar Jackson, but like you said, like the Ravens' offense, the way they ground, ground and pound the football, um, they're, they, ha- they did have the number – they are the number one rushing team this, uh, this season. So I do expect that to be, uh, be a driving force for them. But, yeah, it's, it's, going, to be a, it's going to be a chess match. And, uh, like, it, it could really go either way. I, I think I saw the Ravens were a slight favorite, like 51 to 49. Um, I mean, I think I think at this point you might as well just say it's it's fifty fifty. Well, uh, anything could happen, but I, I just uh, my gut feeling is Baltimore pulls out a a, a big win. Mm-hmm. I, I do predict a close game. I think Lamar's going to run a ton, mm-hmm. a ton because that's how he he is dynamic, and that that's how the Ravens are so dangerous. Um, so that's something that the Bills need to look to stop, but. I'm definitely going to be watching that game this week. Oh, yeah. Same for sure. 
How do you feel about the uh, Saints Buccaneers matchup? They they are divisional rivals. It's it's Brady versus Breeze, which is uh, you know the first time they're playing in the playoffs, both over forty, and um, it's pretty. The storyline is it, it definitely the headlines. It's it sounds uh, great, but I don't know how like in terms of the like the football game itself, how good of a game it's going to be if, if um, it, in relative to the other games that we have, but I want to get your thoughts on, like, what do you anticipate for this matchup? I think the game is going to be a lot lower scoring than the Rams-Packers game, than the Ravens-Bills game. I feel like this is going to be more of a dirty work kind of game. Sure. They are two, one of the two greatest and oldest quarterbacks to play this game, so there's going to be some excellent passing. Um, I just think that the Saints as a unit are a lot more disciplined than the Bucs are. When, when you watch the Bucs play the Washington football team last week in the wild card round, not to say that they almost lost, but their defense wasn't able to contain Taylor Heineke, who was the, the Washington football team practice squad QB coming up. And Taylor Heineke was tearing them apart with their runs and with his passes. Their, their defense got a little shaken up a bit there, and they weren't disciplined. They got some penalties. On the offense, you have Chris Godwin, um, one of Tom Brady's lead receivers, dropping the ball a bit. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's some I, – I think they're not as disciplined as New Orleans are. Their defense is still one of the, one of the top defenses in, in the league, except they've been exposed a few times. The last time the Saints and the Bucks played, I think, in the middle of the season – I'm pretty sure the Saints locked them down to three points or something, something ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was so lopsided, and and that was that. That's one of those things where they this. It's like the Saints just had their number. They they matched up extremely well, and and um, of course, I, I'm pretty sure they were up like I think it was what 38 to three or 38 to zero at one point mm-hmm. in that second matchup. So yeah. Uh, I mean, and that actually makes me think, um, will this game be another blowout? Um, I, I Now, I, if I were to bet on it, I, I would say no. I think, you know, Tom Brady and, and the Bucks they'll keep it close. But like, like you said, they, they did look shaky. Um, they, there's some concerns from their wild card uh, win against Washington. Um, and, and the crazy thing about their defense is that, like, some games they've looked like, awesome. They – they harassed Aaron Rodgers and they actually beat down Green Bay this season, but then they struggled mm-hmm. against New Orleans. So it's almost like which Tampa Bay team are we, are we going to see this weekend? Um, mm-hmm. I, and, I know a lot of, Oh, sorry. I said, I know no, a lot no, of, uh, a lot of uh, commentators actually have stated that Todd Bowles, who's there, who's the uh, Bucks uh, defensive coordinator. He oh, right. never gives up. He never seems to give up on his game plan and he blitzes a lot. So that's definitely something to, to look out for. I feel like against uh, when the Bucks played Green Bay, their their defensive scheme was excellent. They blitz a lot. Aaron Rodgers was, was in a lot of pressure. Um, but if teams can anticipate that, I feel like that's something that will give them an edge. The Saints also, they, well, both teams actually get some key players back. The, the Saints just got back Michael Thomas, who looked excellent last week against uh, the Bears. So that, right. that's good to know that after his high ankle sprain, Drew Brees' number one target 
has come back healthy 100%, which definitely boosts that a lot. And Alvin Kamara also coming back from COVID looked great. The Bucks get back Devin White, which is huge for the defense as well, which could be a reason why they their defense didn't look as good against Washington. But I still think the Saints defense as a unit will be able to pressure Tom Brady a bit more and cause those mental errors that seemed to happen before. Yeah, I can totally see that happening. Um, and, and the Saints were quietly one of the best defensive units too. So they are a very well-rounded team and getting Michael Thomas back is, is huge. I, I know that there's a big difference in their offensive production, especially Drew Brees himself between when, when he has Michael Thomas and when he doesn't. So having him back, having Kamara, who's an absolute beast, uh, that'll be huge. So they, they, they definitely have the, uh, the team, the, the, uh, the offensive system and, and players to counteract what uh, Todd Bowles crazy stunts and blitzes that he might try to throw at them. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I think the saints will, will hang on, but I'll, I'll be honest. Um, there is a part of me that really wants to see uh, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, um like face off. And I was, I was actually really hoping that they would in the second round and, that was part of the reason I, I was I was hoping see, the Seahawks would would beat the Rams because if if they had beaten the Rams, then the Seahawks would have played the Saints and the Buccaneers would have played the Packers. So that was what I was what I was pulling for uh, for from the wild card round. But I guess you know it is Brady versus Breeze uh, again. Those are two. Uh, that's another legendary um, quarterback matchup that. Uh, you know, first time we're, we're seeing those two go at it in the playoffs. So that's pretty cool uh, for what it's worth. Um, but mm-hmm. um, I guess moving forward, how do you feel about um, the, the Browns-Chiefs game? I, of course, the Chiefs are heavy favorites. They've, they've been dominant all year. But, but Cleveland, is they've been rolling. They, they, had, they just had that huge emotional victory uh, and breakthrough over Pittsburgh. So – uh, do you think the Browns have a have a shot to win this game? I think they definitely do. Not that it's going to be as close as the Ravens-Bills game or even the, the Saints-Bugs game, but I think that the Chiefs have been exposed a bit right. overall. When, when teams play them deep, um, so, so you have the safety sitting back. You don't let Tyreek Hill get as many deep passes. You, you lock down Travis Kelsey and give Patrick Mahomes a harder time and cause the Chiefs to rely on the run. It's, that's when it seems that the games get a bit closer. And that's what Atlanta did against them, which made it that close to one kick at the end. Um, so I think that they, defensively they can be exposed. However, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP previously and he is a monster and he can make the most ridiculous passes at all kinds of angles so it's going to be an offensive onslaught against the two of them with a pass heavy uh, offense with Kansas City versus the run game of Cleveland I think if they if Cleveland does scheme well against the Kansas City offense and rely on their very very powerful run game then the game is going to be a lot closer than we think the Chiefs defense is is good it's not great, um, but I think if they if they give Chubb and Hunt each like fifteen plus carries, I feel like there's going to be something there. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the Browns would definitely have to play the time of possession game and, and control the clock, keep the ball away from, from Patrick Mahomes because he is, like you said, a monster. So um, it does help that the Browns have, um, you know, both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So they can, they do have the, the, the personnel and their style of play to, to try to execute that. But, but still, of course, it's easier said than done because they, they're still going to have to go out there and, and try to put pressure on Mahomes and, and slow him down a, a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I could see this game being one of those where it's really close. The Browns may have a lead, and then the Chiefs, you almost, it's almost like they have a switch, and once they get rolling, they just, they just keep it coming. And I, you think about last year's playoffs when uh, they, they were down really big against the, the Texans, but then they stormed back uh, in what felt like five minutes. And, but they also had a couple more big comebacks against the Titans and 49ers, so. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs are they, – they just the, – their offense is very uh, dynamic. But, yeah, I, I do think that they, they showed some um, – there are certain – there were certain concerns with them, with the way that they were playing in November and December. Uh, I think they, uh, they, they were winning, but for many games in a row, it was just very close wins, like where they, they had a lead – and they let the their opponent come back and pull it within one possession game, and then but they ended up holding on to win. So, uh, for what it's worth, yeah, the Chiefs did show some signs of you know maybe you can say they were playing down to the competition, or uh, but maybe it's just the defense being shaky. I think they're they're solid, but um, they're 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 not better, but they're just they're just solid basically. So but I think one of the keys with the Chiefs' success um, in this postseason is, like, how they can get Le'Veon Bell and um, Edwards Alaire going. They haven't been able to consistently run the ball, but I think they're going to need to uh, lean on those guys um, a good amount on this postseason run. So I'll be – that's something to look out for, I think. I agree with that. I think that both defenses are kind of doing the opposite things. I think that the Chiefs are going to predict that Cleveland is going to run the ball a lot, which they are going to. And the, the Chiefs are definitely going to load up the box and make it hard to run. And for the Chiefs, for the the Browns to counter that, I think Baker does have to bring in more of the pass game that he did last last game against the Steelers, that he actually, he's going to have to throw accurately throw well, not make, not make mistakes to make this game competitive. And on the other side, the Browns are going to make it very hard for the Chiefs to throw. And I think it's going to be up to the, the running game to get the short yardage plays and to drive them down the field. They really haven't shown – the Chiefs haven't shown very much, I would say, chemistry between Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell. It seems that it's either like one or the other when someone gets hurt. Um, and there aren't, they obviously aren't as dynamic as Chubb and Hunt are. So if they, during this, during that bye week that they just had, if they could figure that out or get that rolling, I think that they'll be a really dangerous team to deal with. Um, and I think that Clyde Edwards Alaire will shine because he did great earlier in the season. Um, haven't, hasn't been utilized as heavily as he was earlier, 
but I think he does have the talent to get something done. So that's definitely going to be something that I'm going to watch out for as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. He, he's definitely shown flashes. I, I'm, I, I'm thinking back to the, the when they played the Saints in, in mid-December. He was actually um, ro- uh, rolling a bit, but I believe he got injured in that game. And that kind of uh, mm-hmm. shifted the dynamic a bit. So I think to have him back healthy will be big. Um, but I also do expect that, you know, with Le'Veon Bell, with his – with his experience in, in Pittsburgh and his uh, he also brings uh, like a, a, his own bag of tricks. So uh, I can, I can imagine that coach Andy Reed is going to, is um, cooking up some place for, for him as well. So yeah, like, I think that'll be, there'll be something to watch for. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be a fun, extremely fun weekend of football. Um it's a nice time of the year when you have games on both Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah. Yeah, I know what I, I know what I'm doing next weekend for sure. Just sitting on my couch and watching football and seeing what happens because every single one of these games is great. You know, Sid, just a random question: Who do you think is going to the Super Bowl on both sides? I'm curious. I'm I'm gonna go with the with both the number one seeds. I'm gonna go Packers Chiefs. Um, it's uh, I'll, I will say it's a little bit out of perhaps my bias of like I really want to see um, like those two teams like you know especially Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes um, go at it in the Super Bowl. But I also just think that uh, like the Packers, I would say the Packers are actually the hottest team. Um, the way that they've played and they in the last couple months and I feel that you know Aaron Rodgers he he understands this is uh, this is a great opportunity for him he's 37 years old and um, this is a excellent chance for him to to try to get another ring and then for the Chiefs I mean they're they're of course uh, been the the overdogs all season and um just I, I just feel that you know with you know, them having home field and and uh, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, I, I think they'll be able to uh, um, like beat the Browns and they should they should be able to uh, beat either Baltimore or Buffalo, in in my opinion. So I, I'm I'm gonna go with Packers Chiefs. Wow, I am. On the complete other side on you with that one, I'm picking the number two seeds on both sides to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, I'm picking the Bills and the Saints purely because I think Josh Allen's going to stay hot and the Bills' defense are good enough. So I think that if Josh Allen does stay hot, that they're going to give the Chiefs a run for their money. Um, I also think that this might be Drew Brees' last year, so it could be a, a little pain in Manning Broncos-esque type deal where they're trying to carry this, their, their, you know, their rock of organization, their quarterback who's on the older side contemplating retirement, bring, bring Drew Brees to the Super Bowl and finish it out. So that's what I think is up there. <laughs> yeah, I do like the Peyton comparison. I, I, I could see that happening. The one thing is I just can't – I don't foresee the Saints being able to win in Lambeau Field. And like, if assuming both the Packers and, and Saints move on this weekend, uh, that's that's it would be Saints at Green Bay. So, I have a hard time believing the Saints. You know, for playing indoors in the Superdome, they would be able to go into those conditions and 
Um, the Packers did beat the Saints earlier in the season in New Orleans, actually, and handled them pretty well. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, the Saints are are a great unit, and uh, they'll they'll give they'll be a tough out for anyone, and uh, so it it could happen. I mean, um, like it just as recently as two years ago, both the number two seats went to the Super Bowl, so it, it definitely happens. Um, quite a bit so uh, maybe I could see it going either way maybe um, we'll both be half right half wrong so it's possible it is possible I I will say it is very hard to beat Green Bay at Lambeau because it seems that all the Green Bay players are just immune to the weather somehow (laughs) like they're just out there shirtless when it's snowing which is crazy um, I, I am not a Saints fan by any means, but I will say that the that when Green Bay played the Saints, uh, it was 37 to 30. So there was a one touchdown differential, which is close. Sure. Um, and, and the Saints didn't have Michael Thomas either. So that might be some sort of added benefit there. So we'll have to see on that one. I think it's going to be a close game also to call. But if it, if it does happen, if, if both the New Orleans and Green Bay win these next two games, that, that will definitely be probably one of the best games of the season. Oh, yeah, uh, without a doubt. And that's a great point with the whole Michael Thomas um, factor. And, um, and I, yeah, I, I, I guess with Alvin Kamara, he, he, having him, that definitely helps for a, a game like when you have to go to a, an, an environment like Green Bay. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that. I'm I'm sure it would it would come down to a, a one possession game, uh, but yeah, it it could go either way. I, I would I would bet on Green Bay, and uh, hopefully we will get to to see that matchup. I think that's uh, I think we can agree that would be the best case for scenario for the NFC Championship game from a team matchup standpoint. I'll admit, like I still kind of want to see like the whole Brady versus Rogers, like I mentioned before. But if I'm being honest about, um, like, team versus team, it, yeah, Saints-Packers would be the best NFC Championship game. And on the other side, I would, I would also – I would say Bills-Chiefs would probably be the most exciting AFC Championship game. But, um, but I also uh, – I, I would love to see um, Lamar versus Mahomes. And I am picking Baltimore and, and Kansas City to win this weekend. So that is – that is who, who I'm, uh, I anticipate happening, but we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, there's, there's two, two power MVPs going against head-to-head. So yeah. Wouldn't want it anyway else. Yeah. So, I, I mean, either way, like, I think, you know, who, I mean, right, regardless of the outcome of Ravens-Bills, um, you know, if, if I, either one ends up having to go play at Kansas City, I think the AFC Championship game would be, would be really dope. Oh, agreed on that side. This, you know, this could be one of the most predictable brackets of all the playoffs, where the, just the high seed keeps winning every week. It's a, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, I, actually, um, but yeah, before we wrap things up, I, I wanted to ask you this. Um, um, this was the first year they had the seventh seed make the playoffs on both conferences, and so that's why there were there were six wildcard games instead of four like what did you think of that setup do you think like it's a 
it's a good thing or do, do you think it didn't make a difference or how do you feel about 14 versus 12 teams in the playoffs? Oh, I, I, I loved it. I loved it. Week, week 16 and 17, there's so many more fans and so many more teams that seem to be in the running to make a wild card game that it just made the last two weeks of the, of the season so much more fun. Uh, I knew tons of Dolphins fans that were like glued to TV going through all the scenarios of like, how will my team with a rookie quarterback make the playoffs year one? Um, so I, I think it makes football a lot more fun. I think it makes teams a lot more invested in it, that it gives a lot of the teams a chance to make it, you know? So I think it's a lot more fun for, for them on that side that they, they don't give up halfway through the season. Like, Oh, it's over. Unless you're like the jets. <laughs> oh so, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so so I agree on that one that I like the extra wild card games and I hope they do it again. Right, yeah. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, the, the the more scenarios, the more teams that are in the mix, the the more exciting it is and the AFC, the seeding was very was crazy and of course the Dolphins, they they unfortunately were the um they were the ones who who missed out on the playoffs, but like you know the Titans, Colts, they were um fighting for their division and you know one of them got the the fourth seed, one of them got the seventh seed. And um, there was a scenario, the Ravens, their playoff spot wasn't guaranteed. Cleveland's as well. They actually lost to the Jets in week 16. And it, it, it things seemed to be looking bleak for Cleveland when that happened, but they were able to come back and win and, and clinch their playoff spot. So, yeah, a lot of, uh, there was a lot of like roller coaster of, of emotions and, scenarios so that was that was pretty cool I didn't think it was interesting that the number two seed now no longer gets a bye so they they had to play in the first round so that that was a that's a, it's a different dynamic but I guess that makes the number one seed that much more um prestigious like you get that one seed you get the week off and you get to host um but you have home field advantage so um like I'm sure for Green Bay fans, they were thrilled because um, this is the first time that Green Bay has home field advantage since like nine years ago. So uh, that's huge for them. Um, and of course, mm -hmm. Kansas City. So, yeah, I, I think it, it definitely makes things more interesting. And sometimes I think the change up is, is nice. It, um, so um, I'm glad the NFL uh, implemented that. Mm -hmm. I like only the first seed having a bye as well because it causes more teams to play week 17, whereas before you'd have a lot of teams resting once they knew they were guaranteed a playoff spot. Yeah, that's a great point. So, mm -hmm. so does Aaron Rodgers played week 17 for to get that number one seed. So they, they had a they had a push for it and they had to win. Right. So I think it does it, it benefits football. It gives people more entertaining games. Yeah. So I like it a lot. Yeah, for sure. That's all you can ask for. Um, but, yeah, um, it was great talking to you, Wilson, about, about the last week's games as well as the, the look ahead for this weekend. Um, uh, of course, we're both excited, and um, we'll, we'll see how this, uh, these games unfold. But I appreciate you uh, talking about football today. This was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Sid and Matt, for having me again. And uh, said when when the Ravens and Bills play, man, I'll I'll be texting you. <laughs> Sounds good, man. And yeah, and uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, as always, appreciate you uh, setting this up uh, uh, with Splash Tag. It's it's always a fun time. So appreciate you having us on.
thank you uh, to all the listeners for uh, for tuning in to to this podcast. Thank you too for you know uh, doing this love and um, you know holding holding down the conversation. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, to the listeners, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on whatever medium you're listening to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube. Uh, once again, thanks, Sid and Wilson.